I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. Where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Well, hello, family. Hello, hello. You are in for a treat today. Like, no kidding. Like, for real, for real. Because I have with us a really, somebody who's become like a really good friend, somebody who I have such a great affection for because he is such an amazing being. Like, seriously, um, we connected, and you'll find out soon, a few months ago and actually collaborated on a webinar that I thought was fantastic. But our energies match. He's got such great intentions for every person he meets and is so dynamic in everything that he does. And he'll probably tell you, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. He's an introvert, which is probably going to shock you when you hear him, turned international speaker, which I'm like, what? I would have never thought. But Oscar Garcia... Hello, friend. I am so glad to finally have you on the show. <laughs> I love it. I love. Thank you so much, uh, E, for having me. I actually have been looking forward to receiving your your invitation secretly. I'd be like, oh my gosh, maybe one day she'll <laughs> <laughs> look. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh gosh, thank you so much. You know, just again for just being such a, a great person. It's. I'm not going to say it's hard to meet great people. I dare not speak that. But it's nice to find to to meet to connect with very genuine people. And, you know, for you who's listening, we've only ever connected online. And I feel like I've known you for years, but it's just who you are as a person. And then again, your intention to to compassionately help people and to authentically network. And it's so easy to be drawn to you. But Oscar, please tell everybody who you are and all the amazing things you've done and are doing now. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much again Lee, for having me here on this amazing podcast. Uh, an opportunity for really for you to encourage and help so many people out there. But a little bit about my background. So this month, October, it will be five years that I founded Aspita Consulting. And I actually have been working as the head of the local chamber of commerce for almost seven years. And prior to that, I worked in the tech industry for uh, 12 years, five different startups. I mean, I'm in Silicon Valley, so, you know, a lot of us, (laughs) that's what we do. And I got that bug. But um, when I started my company, the truth is, I just wanted to do something different. I had really no idea what I wanted to do. I started off doing a one-year consulting gig, contract gig at LinkedIn doing community relations work. And it was during that time that I started solidifying sort of my plans, my ideas, and what I wanted to do. And towards the tail end of my contract at LinkedIn, I did a free workshop. I had no idea what I was going to do. It was on basic LinkedIn training at a local library. And I realized that I really enjoyed doing that. And so not only am I the founder, but I'm also the CEO, but more specifically, I refer to myself as Chief Empowerment Officer of Aspita Consulting. And my goal is to empower others so opportunities come to them. Mm, I love it. I know you know I love it, but I do. And then I hear you talk about it. And then it's like, let me just throw this in here. 12,000 people later. (laughs) 
you're still going. So and so, happy anniversary to you because how how big is it for you to make it this long and this far and to think about the fact that you had no idea about what you were doing at first. You know, just it just evolved with time. Yes, I feel blessed. I really do. I feel blessed because I am grateful. In fact, actually, this morning I did a post on LinkedIn about my views of being independent versus being interdependent. And see, in our society, we strive to be independent. And obviously, as the owner of my company, I am independent. Like, I can decide whether or not I want to do this podcast, whether I just want to take the day off or whatever it is that I want to do. But the reality is, is that in order for me to have this independence, I need to depend or be interdependent on my team, on Mm. people like yourselves, my network, people that refer business to me. And so I cherish my independence. I am grateful for being interdependent. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100% on that. And I'm glad you have shared that perspective because we can't forget no matter what situation we're in, that community matters. Very much. And what I really love about what you've even said is to be interdependent, to work together, but then to realize that your freedom, your independence is tied to having that understanding. Because while we as entrepreneurs can very well love those things, I can take off today, I can sweep in late, I can you know, do what I want to do. And I I love that. (laughs) That's what I really love. But I also recognize that I can't do it all alone. And being able to bring in a team of people to support my work has actually helped me exponentially. But letting go of the control too, and seeing that you are blessing others by allowing them to work in their strengths and help you. And it just goes on and on because we are all connected. We are all connected. So I am with that. But so interesting that you mentioned the LinkedIn piece, because that's the part that's got me most intrigued about your work. (laughs) LinkedIn is still one of the, I think, new kids on the block in a way for those who haven't jumped on. But especially for professionals, we get it. We love it. I love LinkedIn. It's my favorite social media platform, particularly because when you connect with people, there's already an understanding that we're here to build our professional network. Yes. Versus getting a random DM in an inbox on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Join my list now. I mean, it's not that you don't get it on LinkedIn, but it's already an understanding that, you know, that we're here to do business and we're here to help each other and be supportive. So just with that, I would love for you to talk to us about harnessing the power of LinkedIn, especially now, especially with us having moved into this virtual space and just things that maybe we should know to continue to build ourselves as professionals, as entrepreneurs, you know, as people, people of color, even mm-hmm. through this amazing platform, because again, it's my favorite. Yeah. Well, you know, so something interesting. So LinkedIn, actually, I think now it's about as a social media platform is about 17 years old. So it's been around for a while. What What's happened, though, with LinkedIn is when you look at the social media platforms, LinkedIn tends to be a little slower in terms of adapting some of the new features that we sometimes mm. see on other platforms. But you're right. During this period of time of COVID and things being more virtual, the and obviously people being unemployed, LinkedIn has seen a large increase of activity of people, mm-hmm. whether it's signing up and registering their profiles, whether it's using it, obviously, to find employment, whether it's networking, etc. And the other thing that's interesting about LinkedIn is that the organic reach the engagement on LinkedIn, it is roughly about 40%, meaning 
Like when you post something, roughly about 40% of your network is going to see that post. It's hmm. really where Facebook was back around 2010, 11, 12. I don't know if you remember, but we used to be able to post on Facebook and a huge percentage of our network would see our post. And then all of a sudden, and I remember this, all of a sudden it changed. Less people saw it and it's because Facebook changed the algorithm and therefore now you have to pay. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. that's part of where these social media platforms get their money from advertisement, right? Boosting posts, etc. And right now, LinkedIn, the organic reach is off the roof. And, and so I highly encourage everyone for the obvious reasons, but also because there is no other social... Well, TikTok is the other one, okay? But that's a different platform here that has <laughs> such a high engagement rate right now. And it's like, it's like get on it, folks. Take advantage of it. Why do you think that people don't know about LinkedIn more? And I say that because I've been up for maybe like six or seven years and I have known about it, but didn't really dive in until I became an entrepreneur. I'll say that as well. Sure. But for what it's worth, there are a lot of people who I'm like, yeah, let's link in. They're like, I'm on LinkedIn. And I'm like, what? Why? Or like, what's LinkedIn? Why do you think that's still happening at this moment? And what can we do about it to get more people connected to sure. this resource? I think part of it is how LinkedIn originally started and the the perception still that, that LinkedIn has. And that is, is that it started off as a place for professionals. It's kind of like a, it was an online Rolodex. For those of you mm -hmm. young professionals don't know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> Go get the dictionary. <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, and so, it's, so it did start off like that, a place where you kind of, uploaded sort of your online resume, curriculum, et cetera, and so forth. And and so, it's, yes, it started like that. It's it's still a big chunk of what you do. And so many of us thought, like, wait a minute, I'm not looking for a job. So why do I need to sign up for a LinkedIn right. account? Right. Or a, uh, a young professional or college student. It's like, ah, you know, it's like, again, I'm not ready or whatever to actively look. Or... In some cases, some of the young professionals, which is normal, they don't know how to network, they're afraid to reach out to professionals, et cetera. So therefore, I'm not going to you know, set up an account. I'm going to hold off until I absolutely need to. Or the other perception, too, is what am I supposed to talk about? About my, about my work, my job, et cetera. So I think some of these things is what holds people back from utilizing LinkedIn and people don't realize the power that LinkedIn has today that is goes way beyond these preconceived notions. I agree. And that was my struggle a long time ago. What do I post? Mm -hmm. Is it kids? You know, is it family? Is it trips? And these things like, you know, every social media platform kind of has this thing, right? Yes. And I think that's what makes LinkedIn one of those things that we don't talk about or encourage more. And then I'll even say this. There are some people who are in a generation or two ahead that don't even want to fool with technology, they don't tell you about it to know to get on there and to to network and connect. Because nobody ever told me in college about LinkedIn. Yeah. And it's been around since I was in college. And so you think about how this thing has shifted and how it's changed, even with industry. Higher education, I think, is still, while there, it was still new in terms of jumping on LinkedIn because everybody's in their own little bubble. And it's like, wait a minute, we can all be in the same bubble on LinkedIn. Yeah. Because, you know, I love that it's cross-industry that 
you know, as multiple races and things. And as a way to start a conversation with the person that now I can actually meet you at a conference and we can continue that conversation to actually build a relationship. Yes. But interesting you say that. What are some things that you would advise people to do to have better profiles or just to be able to utilize a platform in a meaningful way? Sure. So the number one thing, and I'm, I'm going to put you up, listen, folks, you can Google on how to set up your LinkedIn profile, okay? Like that's, I, I, I sometimes say a dog with a note in his mouth can teach you how to set up your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> okay? But, but I'm going to, I'm gonna, so I'm going to come from a different perspective, different angle. And I think it is vital, it is critical that you establish your professional brand or personal brand. What does that mean? And some of us have heard it. Really what it is, is that when people hear your name or think of you, what do you want to be known for? What skill sets, what experience, what knowledge, you know, what personality traits do you want people to know you as? That really is your brand. And that is the foundation to establishing whether it's your LinkedIn profile, whether it's your, you know, social media presence on other platforms online, even, you know, when you interview, when you go to a job. So start with creating your professional brand. There are four things that make up your professional brand. I like to keep things simple. Number one is, again, your image, both online and offline. Number two, it is your why. Why do you do what you do? And in this case, as it relates to LinkedIn and your, and your, your brand, the why should be what's in it for other people. What's the value? That's why, for example, my my why is I empower you so opportunities come to you. It has nothing to do. The reason why I'm doing the podcast and the reason why I oftentimes help other people or, or other nonprofits and give up my time without charging money is because on a personal level, I love helping other people dream bigger. I love inspiring them. I love serving them. But most people don't give a rip about that because we are naturally selfish. So therefore, my why for other people is I empower you so opportunities come to you. Number three, what are your values? And can you align your values with, you know, if you're an entrepreneur with your business or when you are applying for a job, align your values with the company culture because that's what they call values. And the more you can align that, the happier you're going to be, the more, you know, that energy and excitement is going to come across when you're at that interview. And the last thing, number four, is your vision. And, And in this case, I'm referring to your vision as can you tell a story of where you're going and, you know, maybe six months down the road or a year down the road, what is it that you want to accomplish? Those are the four things that make up our brand. And again, start with that. That is going to be the foundation to create a profile that will attract people, that will set you apart from the masses. So y'all got that? (laughs) Rewind, take notes, pick it up digest it because exactly and I know I keep like I'm just I, I'm feeling this I'm like exactly exactly but it's just it's so I wish somebody would have told me this a long time ago yeah. I, w- I wish they would have and how you break it down because a personal brand and we even know we're in the age of entrepreneurship where a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs there are a lot of people going to try and it's not going to work but for whatever it is we always have to keep our brand in mind because mm-hmm. our brand you know is now the new term for the resume And now it's digital. And to be thinking about this, I think sometimes folks don't know or even realize always what their brand is or what skills and abilities they already have that they can create a brand from. But if you're in the corporate space, 
what is your professional uh, career or the work that you're doing, the project you're doing? What kind of brand are you sharing mm-hmm. with others or helping them see about you? I think it's the best way to say it. But as an entrepreneur, I totally get what is my brand? You think first gen. When I think Oscar, I also think first gen, but I think consulting and I think speaking, mm-hmm. I think LinkedIn. And that's what you like said. You want people to think you want that to happen. Like, oh, light bulb, because you want to be the person people call on be it that it's in a corporate space or being in a professional entrepreneurial space, you want to be top of mind. And that's what the brand does. Kind of like Nike or Duke's mayonnaise or anything else. You go to the store and pay a few cents more because you know what you're getting. <laughs> so that's yes. like I'm saying, like, I don't know what I'm getting with the generic brand. I'll try it, but I know I'm going to get this. So that's really yeah. funny. Just think about it. Are you Duke's mayonnaise or the other stuff? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, but Oscar, you know, and even thinking about just, you know, LinkedIn in terms of with students and organizations, what would you say organizations, especially institutions of higher education, need to know about helping their students get on LinkedIn and ways that you even support these entities and being able to get people on board and hip to the game because you can't be without LinkedIn these days. That's what I keep preaching to folks, but yeah. maybe they'll listen to you. <laughs> So for staff that are at universities, colleges, universities, you know, whether it's career counselors or just quite frankly, anyone that is interacting with students, what I tell these folks is, is that practice what you are teaching students to do. Mm. And and so set up your, your LinkedIn profile. You don't have to be a power user. I'm not saying to, that you need to be a power user. Of course not. But at least have some some understanding of of networking, adding to your you know expanding your your network. Why? Because first of all, I get sometimes some staff at universities say, "Well, again, I'm not on LinkedIn because you know my, I'm tenured or or I'm this or that or I'm not looking." I'm like, "Okay, listen, Fred, you're missing the point here, okay? Because you, as a professor or as an administrator, you have a tremendous network. You have." worked so hard to build that credibility, that trust in your discipline and you people listen to you. So therefore, if you were to at least have a LinkedIn profile and add to your network, now you can be a better resource to students, any students, but let's just talk about first gen students. We're at a disadvantage because oftentimes we don't have that network. And if Professor Fred over here is on LinkedIn and has a strong network, well, guess what? Now Professor Fred can make an introduction via LinkedIn to someone in his network that opens the door to me. So that's one reason. The other reason is, again, practicing what we preach. It blows my mind. Like some of these staff people have been doing their jobs and bless their souls. Okay. I'm I'm not here like harping on them in a negative way, but the last time they applied for a job was maybe 15, 20 years ago when monster.com was around or the end of the first day of the internet. Okay. And and they haven't applied anymore. And now there's new tools, new techniques. And let's not, you know, forget right now this pandemic here where things are virtual and and it's like there's a different way and they keep teaching old way in a new way of doing things and i feel bad because again going back to first gen students who do we go to who do we trust these staff people these career counselors and and sadly sometimes they're giving us tips that are not effective tips they worked 20 years ago they don't work in 2020 Mm. Well, I didn't have to say it. The OG did. (laughs) 
I did, I did check that on your, your side. I was like, oh, I like this. The, the only OG, the Oscar Garcia. But I, but I like that. And then, you know, just thinking about the fact that you have been able to share this same knowledge with Stanford, I saw, mm-hmm. and San Francisco University, mm-hmm. was it? Yes. So you're not just talking. You, you walk the walk. You worked at LinkedIn. And again, for students in this digital age, this virtual age where we are COVIDed out, but having to harness the power of being virtual and establishing very organic but very authentic relationships that we have to be on LinkedIn. How, like I said, how was she going to find a job? And something I like about LinkedIn is being able to check somebody out yeah. before I connect with them. Yes. So, I mean, a good example is even how you and I connected, I was able to get an idea of your experience without having to dig through a random Facebook page or yes. an Instagram page that, that wasn't relatable. And I was okay with you reaching out because I understood we're mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. We're here to connect. We're here to network. Why else, you know, would I be on this platform? So it's yeah. even the perception of what's expected. I Again, every social media platform has its own kind of thing that goes on. And for LinkedIn, it's just powerful. Like, I wish I knew as a student myself yes. how to make the most of something like this rather than monster.com. And I'm surprised you didn't bring up Indeed. <laughs> you know, and, and Craigslist. So it was like, yeah, I was around during that time. Um, man. What you're bringing up here, another thing about how you can use LinkedIn to, you know, look up people and understand more about their background, experience, and so forth. One of the areas where we can also look on someone's profile to really get an understanding of who they are. The obvious one is obviously their actual profile, you know, work experience, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth, volunteer work, accomplishments, and so forth. But I also like to go to the activity tab on people's Mm. profile because LinkedIn shows you all activity, meaning like every time I'd like something or I commented, okay, you can also see there's a tab that says post. And on that, you're going to see if I'm active on LinkedIn. And if I am, what type of post am I posting about? What am I talking about? Mm. And there's some other ones. But those particular two are really important because it gives people an insight as to what is important to me. What do I value? Because obviously, we post on what we believe in, what is important to us. And that is another vital area on LinkedIn that gives us a really good insight as to who this person is and what is important to them. Hmm. That's some good advice. I'm going to start doing that now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I thought I was doing like good, but now I'm like, Ooh, I can do like, that is true because it just, you see activity, but like how to, again, just see more about who they are and other people they're connected to and conversations they're having and how to be a part of that conversation. Like, mm-hmm. wow, that's, that's the seat. I told y'all you ran for a treat. Because now you can go and be your own versions of LinkedIn experts after this and, you know, make things happen. <laughs> so cool. Well, Oscar, you are a really phenomenal. And I want to ask you just a question that's a, not even off topic necessarily, but just a, a bit of a, a pivot. Because as someone who I've gotten to know through, you know, I want to say through the years, but it's been through the months. <laughs> I was going to say through the years, but it feels it's one day we'll be able to say that, right? That's right. But just... The power of harnessing your voice as a minority, because that's something that I feel like you really charge us to do, to own who we are, to own our journeys, to own our backgrounds. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and why it's so important? And then especially as we 
are getting into LinkedIn and starting to, what's the word? I don't want to say break barriers. I mean, though we're doing that, but LinkedIn is also traditionally a more white dominated space. Yeah. And so just as we're thinking about how we are contributing to conversations and showing up ourselves, again, just kind of some feedback that you would give to us or some thoughts to. Sure. So I believe that we don't need to find our voice. We need to have mm. courage to use our voice. Mm. We all have a voice. Some of us just have been beaten down for various reasons. Like, for example, in my case, growing up, English is actually my second language. Now, granted, I learned it when I was in kindergarten, second half of kindergarten. So obviously, when you're that little, you can pick up another language very quickly. But people used to make fun of me. My friends in elementary school at the beginning used to make fun of me because of the way I might pronunciate my English pronunciation. And then it became cultural bullying because, you know, of the food that I ate or, you know, that some of the things that we would do as Mexicans and agriculture maybe did differently, et cetera, and so forth. And all these things throughout my life were like adding another weight on my shoulder of just keeping me down and just emotionally beating it, beating up my self-image. And I remember as I got into the workplace and started working and, you know, just starting to understand how companies differentiate themselves from the competition. And, you know, bottom line, I mean, is that you always, as a, as a company, as a business, you want to do things that are different from your competition. Well, as a kid, like I said, I was poo-pooed because I was, and I was made to feel that being a minority was negative. And hmm. usually we have a negative connotation of the word minority, right? You look at statistics, you know, 1% of this or 2% graduation rates, minority, minority. And as an adult, all of a sudden I realized the life I've been and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so in the business world, we are charged and, and we're told that it is positive. It's an advantage to be different. But when I was a little kid, I was poo-pooed on for being different. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So actually being a minority, this is my brain, okay, how I like to, you know, change the narrative. I'm like, wait a minute. So actually being a minority, being different is powerful. It's amazing. And so when I made that switch in my mind of that narrative, all of a sudden, you know what? I am damn proud of being a minority. Mm -hmm. Yes, ethnic minority. But also I realized that anyone that's ever achieved anything of significance is a small percentage, i.e. a minority number of people. And then today, a lot of the things that I share on social media, particularly on LinkedIn, are life lessons about myself when I look back at my journey. And, and see, this is the other thing, too, that I, sometimes we don't know how or sometimes we do it in the wrong way in terms of telling the story. I want you to think of like someone you highly admire and, and you respect and you listen to them talk and they all of a sudden they get personal, right? And they share about a struggle that they went through and then they share how they overcame that struggle and then they share the lessons that they learned. I think most of us, when we see someone that we respect do that, we have a newfound admiration, respect for that person because of how they share the journey. They didn't share it as in a woe is me, okay? And so all of a sudden I realized that I'm like, yeah, you know what? We all go through crap. Crap stinks, but crap is also fertilizer. That's manure. <laughs> You're okay. right. Yeah. And so I have just 
chosen and learned over the years how to turn all the challenges in my life into fertilizer to help me grow and not wallow in it. And so when we are on LinkedIn, I'm actually, I'm on a mission to help people. I'm one end of the social media spectrum. You got the Facebooks where, you know, people are posting that they broke up with their boyfriend, girlfriend, they ate, or, you know, they're posting their six packs or, you know, some of the gals are posting their booty shots or whatever. And then on on the other end of the spectrum is LinkedIn, where you still have a high percentage of professionals that are treating it so stuffy, you know, with the, their tie is so tight that it's, their head's going to pop like a zit. Okay. And I'm on the mission to be in the middle because I believe we can be professionally authentic and real. And that is one of the things that I see, especially some of these young professionals, they are hungry in first gen that are hungry to know, they know that there are challenges out there, but they want a professional to just be honest with them and just bear your soul, bear your heart. Tell me what it's like, not sugarcoat things and not, or just pretend like everything's all hunky dory because that's not true. And so the way I post things is again, like I said, a life lesson, tie it to my personal. And I'm also very proud of my Mexican heritage. Hmm. Listen, you said something that I've been over here. I just can't get over it right now. You said you don't have to find your voice. You already have your voice. You just need to find the courage to use it. I am so stuck on that. Like, that just is the pause moment because how you have since, when you understood that and have been on your journey to just simply use the voice you have and how you've been able to impact lives across the world and how you've been able to uplift your culture, you know, and your culture, speaking of your, your Mexican culture, your Latinx culture, all of it, how you are able to just be impactful because you had that one moment that has led to this one, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> it's just incredible how, again, just things work and how there are no coincidences. Because to hear that, and for the person who's listening who needed to hear that too, because I needed to hear that, just that reminder of showing up is enough, that we don't have to do anything special. And I would say, especially for me as a woman and as a Black woman, to navigate this minority-ism that I have, you know, well, it's where it's, like you said, negative. Everything's negative when you see minority. Oh, minority is minority that. And shot in this. And education this. And this and that. And, you know, e- economic status is this. And it's like, can we get a break? Yes. But for you to just say to show up, but even not just that to show up. And I know something that you and I had talked about prior is how you even, you know, thought about the strength you have in being bilingual and being able to help people, you know, in the Latinx community and still train in Spanish and do things to have a even further reach just by even tapping into who you are as a person and helping uplift your people. We all have that charge to our communities in one way or another to do that, I believe. And yeah. that community could be, I mean, all the text messages I'm getting, a political community. <laughs> a text messages, a political community, a academic community, uh, you know, be that as ethnicity, that is social class, whatever it is. I think we all have a, a role in how we shape the world around us. And so, gosh, man, I told y'all he was amazing, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> just take it. Just, just receive this love, Oscar. Just receive oh, it. No, thank you. Thank you, Eve. I mean, you know, I, I, you said something. You reminded me of something about about a month ago. I was on a webinar for my alma mater, UC Berkeley, and 
It is a program that encourages women to pursue the field of STEM. And it's student-run program. The class meets once a week and they bring different speakers and they have other assignments. So anyways, in this particular webinar that I was on or panel that I was on, the students were kind of being a little quiet, introverts, typically the stereotype, you know, of people that are uh, in, in tech, right? And, and I can been relate there. That. You've yeah. been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And I can totally relate to that because, yeah, my natural personality is an introvert. But they weren't asking a lot of questions. And this one particular student leader was asking some questions and she proceeded to ask me another question and then she stopped herself. She says, oh, no, no, no. You know what? I'm going to give someone else a chance to ask a question. And I said to her, I said, excuse me. I said, go ahead and ask your question. I said, because first of all, you're not interrupting anyone. Hardly anyone's asking a question. Mm. And I said, here's the thing. The reason why I want you to go ahead and ask that question and not apologize that you have a question and you're going to ask is because years down the road, you're going to be in a boardroom with a bunch of male testosterone. And I don't want you to say, mm. I'm going to wait to ask my question and give someone else because what you have mm. to say is important. So go ahead and ask your question. Mm. Man, how powerful is that? Especially coming from a man. Now, it's one thing to hear from a woman and it's powerful, but here's the point I'm trying to make. Even in you being a man and acknowledging to this woman that she has the right to speak empowered her in her womanhood. I had a, a friend, a mentor, a few years ago back. He said to me, who am I to hold you back as a Black man? It's a part of my role to uplift you because that's I'm not supposed to hinder you. And if I can't help you, I'm supposed to get out the way. Mm-hmm. And to think about her hearing this when she's probably never even heard it, And because we fall into these roles, these gender roles that society gives us, Mm -hmm. that she didn't think it was okay to use her voice, not have one, but to use it. And for her to get that and to see that and to be able to go into spaces with that, that, that power, even with that assurance of who she is, is necessary. So thank you for acknowledging even your role in empowering women and who knows who she's going to empower next or how she's going to be in a professional space and act because of what she knows now that she'd never been given permission to do before. Like some people don't ask for permission, but sometimes it's just to hear it, right? Because Mm -hmm. a general sense of things, while we are, as women, we have always been incredible. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, brother, we're always incredible. But to think that, you know, when I come to the table, even like you and I, Oscar, it's you and, and myself. It's not about you being a Mexican male and me being a black female. It's about us, or makes a man, makes a woman. Let me get it together. But it's definitely about us coming together, having ideas, yes. having education, having experiences, and saying, what can we do for the greater good together? Yeah. Because something you said to me, wow, that you said it months ago. You said, people should see this. We should make this common that people of different backgrounds and, and genders are working together and doing things that it shouldn't yeah. be something that is... Oh, you know, oh, that's that's interesting. It should be common, yeah. it should be normal. And how you actively work toward inclusion and how you work toward empowering everybody that you meet is just incredible to witness. And I think a lot of people, especially those who hear this, please tell somebody about Oscar because at the end of the day, your heart's in it, but it's in a way that's true 
to who you are, but then it hits the human spirit in a way that's not just the ABC version of how do we do diversity and inclusion, but how do you treat <laughs> people as people? <laughs> you know, like how do you treat yes. people? So. Yes. Yeah, but look, I look, you just take me there. I'm just looking, you just take me there. So look, I am at a point where I don't want to wrap up, but I know we need to. <laughs> we can, we can do this again. Yes, yeah, we, we can, can we can. We just hit it off. And, you know, wow. But, you know, at this point, Oscar, is there anything that you want to leave us with? A thought, a quote, just something for us to marinate on for the rest of our lives? You know, this is something, too, that, uh, that I think a lot about. And it, it goes back to the... Uh, the idea of being a minority, how it, it tends to have this negative connotation, but it also transcends across ethnicities, gender, age, and so forth. And that is it. I want to tell anyone that listens to this podcast, don't aim to impress others. Inspire mm. them through your imperfections. We are all imperfect folks. I mean, if I could see you, if I had eyeballs through, my po- through the podcast, you, one, you would see my imperfections, okay? And number two, I would see yours. So we're even. And again, it goes back to how do we connect with people? I used to try to connect intellectually, you know, by letting you know how smart I was and trying to prove my point. And what I realized mm-hmm. is, is that the best way to connect with people, the best way to develop long-term relationships, even connecting with people virtually like even I, is connect with the person's heart first. And mm-hmm. we do that by being vulnerable and sharing our imperfections. Mm-mm-mm. That's a word. Y'all got some gin today. We're going to have to pass around an offer and plate for you. So, <laughs> Oscar, my friend, you are delightful. And again, it's just one of those conversations that's just hard to stop, but it's just so much that you have. And I imagine we will have you back, you know, one of these days to talk more. But to. definitely, thank you for that. Um, we are dropping your information. So go look at the show notes to get all of Oscar's information so that you can find out how to contact him, how to book him to do a training or speak and engage or do consulting, particularly in business and education and especially around LinkedIn. He is phenomenal. You hear it here. He's also got a few online programs that you should jump into as well. So I'm going to tell you, and not just because we're friends, but because I've witnessed it first, how they said, don't wait until the ship has left the, the, the dock to try to jump on it. Because Oscar is, you know, he's he's definitely doing his thing out here, but a true champion for just helping people to be better in how you intentionally named your business. Because I know that was intentional. Yes, and then to call yes, yourself yes. Chief Empowerment Officer. So I, even when I saw that the first time, I was like, gosh, I like this. Who is this guy? So, you know, it's all the little things, right? So intentional. But please, you know, just check him out. Check out his podcast. He's doing amazing work. Check out his LinkedIn. He just dominates space there. And even Instagram is just, just present everywhere. So collaborative, so awesome. And I just really can't say enough good about you, Oscar. So thank you oh, for thank all you. that you do. Thank you, my and dear continue friend. to just inspire the world and change it and help people see themselves. Thank, so you. thank you. Thank you, Eve. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Blessings to you and your family. <laughs>